This is Annie Stevens-Gleason, Minister for Worship and Incorporation at the Episcopal Church of the Redeemer in Cincinnati, Ohio, and I'd like to welcome you to our worship podcast. Good evening. This is Reverend Gary Lubin serving as deacon with the Episcopal Church of the Redeemer in Cincinnati, Ohio. Welcome to our daily devotion in the early evening for individuals and families which can be found on page 139 of the Book of Common Prayer. Our Gospel reading today is from the Daily Office, and it is Mark chapter 11, verse 27, through chapter 12, verse 12. Now let us begin our worship together. O gracious light, pure brightness of the ever-living Father in heaven, O Jesus Christ, holy and blessed. Now as we come to the setting of the sun and our eyes behold the vesper light, we sing your praises, O God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You are worthy at all times to be praised by happy voices, O Son of God, O giver of life, and to be glorified through all the worlds. A reading from the Gospel of Mark. Again they came to Jerusalem. As he was walking in the temple, the chief priests, the scribes, and the elders came to him and said, By what authority are you doing these things? Who gave you this authority to do them? Jesus said to them, I will ask you one question. Answer me, and I will tell you by what authority I do these things. Did the baptism of John come from heaven? Or was it of human origin? Answer me. They argued with one another, What should we say? If we say from heaven, he will say, Why then did you not believe him? But shall we say of human origin? They were afraid of the crowd, for all regarded John as truly a prophet. So they answered Jesus, We do not know. And Jesus said to them, Neither will I tell you by what authority I am doing these things. Then he began to speak to them in parables. A man planted a vineyard, put a fence around it, dug a pit for the winepress, and built a watchtower. Then he leased it to tenants and went away. When the season came, he sent a slave to the tenants to collect from them his share of the produce of the vineyard. But they seized him and beat him and sent him away empty-handed. And again he sent another slave to them. This one they beat over the head and insulted. Then he sent another, and that one they killed. And so it was with many others. Some they beat, and others they killed. He had still one other, a beloved son. Finally he sent him to them, saying, They will respect my son. But those tenants said to one another, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him, and the inheritance will be ours. So they seized him, killed him, and threw him out of the vineyard. What then will the owner of the vineyard do? He will come and destroy the tenants and give the vineyard to others. Have you not read this scripture? The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This was the Lord's doing, 
and it is amazing in our eyes. When they realized that he had told this parable against them, they wanted to arrest him, but they feared the crowd, so they left him and went away. The Gospel of our Lord. Good evening. To get to this point in his ministry, Jesus shrewdly performed many evasive maneuvers to escape detention in order to complete it in full measure, to complete his ministry, that is. Timing is everything. Jesus is now coming out in full public view of everyone. Jesus first gets in the face of the religious authorities who want to arrest him. He does this by dramatically entering Jerusalem, offering himself up as the Messiah in a humble and a poignant glory, riding on a colt, never having been ridden before, saddled with the cloaks of his disciples, and on a road spread with more cloaks and leafy branches from the many joyful people proclaiming, Hosanna, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. The next day in the temple, Jesus gets down to business by upending the tables of money changers and of those selling and buying sacrificial animals. Jesus cleanses the temple of corruption with the added effect of proclaiming he is the only sacrifice we need. Jesus is on a roll. Jesus then directly addresses the religious authorities, contemning them through the telling of the parable of the wicked tenants, which is in today's gospel reading. <clears throat> and Jesus tells it from God's point of view, God's point of view. So let's unpack it. The vineyard Jesus describes is the land of Canaan or Palestine promised by God to the house of Israel. Well, that's all well and good, but... Sadly, a hopeful and expectant God becomes very disappointed. The parable alludes to the song of the unfruitful vineyard in Isaiah. Quoting from Isaiah, For the vineyard of the Lord of hosts is the house of Israel, and the people of Judah are his pleasant planting. He expected justice, but saw bloodshed, righteousness, but heard a cry. End of quote. Jesus' parable points to a lack of obedience, faith, and trust. The Jewish authorities, the religious establishment, confronting Jesus is condemned for their lack of trust, demonstrated by their rejection of his authority to forgive sins and also to bring about justice and to bring about the reign of God. But their God, our God, everyone's God, who is love, personified in Jesus. Now, getting back to the parable, God is the man who planted the vineyard. God leases the vineyard to tenants and goes away to another country. The tenants are the Israelites. It is interesting that the land is leased and not given to them. A big difference, especially considering how important land has been and is still part of that history. The tenants are to be good stewards of the land, caretakers, you know, caregivers, not outright owners. 
And it is not as if they're working for nothing. Their work is rewarded based on the harvest they reap. But they want it all. They plot to deny the owner what is rightfully due and wreak murder and mayhem. The story highlights the incompetent stewardship and murderous aggression on part of the religious establishment. In the parable, the servants who God sends to collect God's share of the produce are the Old Testament prophets who prepared the way for Jesus' coming, but who were not accepted and rejected, just as Jesus is not rightfully recognized and also rejected. As the prophets of old proclaimed, God's hope, God's expected share of the harvest was obedience, faith, and trust of the people. Now, is that just too much to ask? The parable reaches a climax, a climax when the God, the owner, with high hope of success, finally sends his beloved son, who is Jesus himself, God's self. The tenants seize the son, kill him, and throw him out of the vineyard. This is symbolic of the rejection and coming to their neighborhood soon crucifixion of Jesus by the Jewish authorities. The killing of the owner's son causes the owner to destroy the tenants and give the vineyard to others, which alludes to the downfall of Jerusalem and inheritance of the faith by the Gentiles that we may be obedient faithful, and also trust and trustworthy. Be trustworthy. Such a story is so very appropriate in this season of Epiphany when we celebrate in various ways the revelation of God to the Gentiles. Now you know those wicked tenants should have read the small <laughs> the small print in the lease agreement, you know, a lot of them were lawyers. And namely, this is the default clause about rejection. At the end of the story, Jesus quotes the very beautiful and then popular Psalm 118. Quote, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. Everyone hearing this parable knew what that meant. Old temple out new temple in. Jesus directly refers to their self as the cornerstone of our salvation. We are asked only one thing, just one thing, faith alone, trust, and not by our goodness are we saved. We cannot work in this vineyard to earn an inheritance nor are we lost by our badness. God forgives. God forgives even those tenants. All we have to do is say yes. The love of God, the grace of salvation, is absolutely free. Jesus even died for sins of unbelief, of being agnostic. That would be some of us all of the time and all of us some of the time just because we are alive and exist. So cherish it. 
Doubt is a special state of existence. I offer that doubt is a liminal, thin place of awareness, a boundary condition, a threshold, a beginning of recognition, an initial state, initial stage of becoming. And then, of course, you know, forever is an awfully long time to say no. Jesus even died for those who killed him then and who hurt him now, today, in this time and place. After all, God's self is revealed in a rainbow of persons, personalities, and possibilities. We are all made in the image of God. Remember just this one and only thing to trust. Trust in the truth, the truth of love. Love God and love your neighbor, and your neighbors are those who need you, need us. The truth of love. That truth sets us free. Amen. And now a reading from the second letter of Paul to the Corinthians. It is not ourselves that we proclaim. We proclaim Christ Jesus as Lord and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For the same God who said, out of darkness let light shine, has caused his light to shine within us to give the light to revelation, the revelation of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Let us now say together the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And now I would like to pray with you the collect for this day, which is from the sixth Sunday after the Epiphany. O God, the strength of all who put their trust in you, mercifully accept our prayers, and because in our weakness we can do nothing good without you, give us the help of your grace, that in keeping your commandments we may please you both in will and deed. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Let's now take some time pausing our worship together, if you need to do that, to offer up our prayers of intercession, thanksgiving, and praise for the world, for the church, for our national life, and for the social and natural orders, and in particular for family and personal life, especially those who are suffering and for those who have died. Our Lord, our God, accept the fervent prayers of your people in the multitude of your mercies. Look with compassion upon us and all who turn to you for help. For you are gracious, O lover of souls, and to you we give glory, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, now and forever. Amen. Let us pray together now the collect for the human family 
It's on page 815 of the Book of Common Prayer. O God, you made us in your own image and redeemed us through Jesus, your Son. Look with compassion on the whole human family. Take away the arrogance and hatred which infect our hearts. Break down the walls that separate us. Unite us in bonds of love and work through our struggle and confusion to accomplish your purposes on earth. That in your good time, all nations, all peoples of the earth, the one human family may serve you in harmony around your heavenly throne. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And now let us pray the Collect for Social Order and Social Justice, which is on, on page 823. Grant, O God, that your holy and life-giving spirit may so move every human heart and especially the hearts of the people of this land, that barriers which divide us may crumble, suspicions disappear, and hatreds cease, that our divisions being healed, we may live in justice and peace. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And now let us pray the concluding colic from page 139. Lord Jesus, stay with us, for evening is at hand, and a day is past. Be our companion in the way, kindle our hearts, and awaken hope, that we may know you as you are revealed in Scripture and the breaking of bread. Grant this for the sake of your love. Amen. Now go in peace, hope, and joy to love and serve our God in the name of our teacher and Savior, Jesus. Jesus.